Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. It girls, we the itch girls. I got Jenny and Lindsay in this bitch girl. Make you move your hips while sipping gin, girl. Make you bounce your tits like it's a jig, girl. Like boom, sip kombucha for your womb. How are you girls? How are we? Um, So before we start today's episode where we are going to be talking about the fabulous book by Sally Rooney, Normal People, that we told you all to go out and buy and read beforehand. By the way, you can still enjoy this episode if you haven't read it yet because it's a really open book. Yeah, Daffo. No pun intended. Uh, <laughs> but first of all, we want to remind you guys, okay, so there was a low ticket warning put out for Vicker Street the other day because there are mm-hmm. barely any tickets left. We're talking, I say, less than 50 at this point. So if you want to get your tickets, we recommend you get them now. They're more than likely going to be sold out before the end of September, which is crazy. crazy. 16th of November, 25 euro, Vicker Street. Saturday night. It's like, going to be Poppin'. It's gonna be popping, and then Cork girls. I mean, there was literally something put out over the weekend that there's only ten tickets left, but we tried to buy some there. There's still a few hanging around apparently. So if you are dying to come to the Cork show on the 11th of October in Cypress Avenue, we recommend you go on our website now and buy those last tickets. Probably only a handful left, so go get them while you can. Yes, that's a more intimate one. So if you want us in a more intimate manner, go to the Cork show. Yeah. Dying for cork. I know, I'm really excited. Dying. I love a bit of cork. Love a bit of cork action. So, as I said, today uh, we are talking about Sally Rooney's book, Normal People. We decided to, we're trying to up the content, kind of, you know, diversify the content. And we thought, maybe we'll read a book. We're intellectual. I hadn't read a book in so long. And it's so enjoyable. Oh my goodness. I was nervous when Jenny brought this up because I haven't read, I used to read. Yeah. Before social media, (laughs) I would be reading a book. But... Then I think just the internet took off and I was like reading Daily Mail or reading blogs or whatever I would be reading. And I just really was like, I don't know if I'll have the concentration levels anymore to open up a book and not be distracted every two minutes. It's habitual. It's totally like like I used to be like a book worm. Like Mm. I'd be reading 24-7, especially right before kind of uh, the whole social media thing took off. And I've intermittently gone in, dipped in and out of books, especially like I love when I go on holidays. I'll always read a book Mm -hmm. then or a certain book will come up that I'll read and I'll devour it and it's done. But then I, I'm not as like habitual about like, and then my next book. Yeah. I'll read a book and then I'm like, now I might read a book for a year. I'll just go on Instagram. <laughs> yeah, for a year. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> like, but there is something so beautiful about opening a book, mm. the smell of a book, turning the pages, having your little bookmark, whatever. Like it's just really nice to get back to, I wouldn't be like a Kindle gal myself. I like, if I'm reading a book, I do want to try and, read a book and I I think those habitual little things that you can learn and unlearn are so important definitely and I have a Kindle and I love my Kindle to be honest especially if you're going away on holidays because you can bring like 
like unlimited amount of books and they yeah. weigh, your, and weigh your suitcase down. And the good thing that a lot of people, Kindle gets a bad rep because people think they're like tablets and they're not. They're actually ink in a screen. They're like, you know, those old doodly things. So like they're not, they don't have a glare behind oh, okay. them. So it looks like it, you can't read it in the dark. Now that's the old Kindle. I think there's some Kindles you can, but I wouldn't go near that. Oh, um, interesting. So, so they look like a book. Okay, okay. Yeah, because so yeah, that was my worry because I oh, the get headaches with oh. the screen and stuff. Not my phone though. <laughs> um, I do. I just, yeah, just keep on scrolling. Yeah. <laughs> just push on through. Yeah. <laughs> Gotta see that Sometimes fresh... my thumb is sore and I'm here like leaning it on the end <laughs> of the too. table. I'm like, must tap to the next story. I know. I'm like, ow, my thumb, but it won't stop me. Yeah, no. No. Carpal tunnel. I'm like, oh. I'll give the phone a break and go on the laptop. Yeah, I'm like, fuck, fine. Finally, I'll just go on the laptop. Instagram on my laptop, what am I? I know. But what? there is something so lovely about reading a book. It's so immersive. That's what I love about it. You can just lose hours of your day. And that's what I was afraid of, that I had lost the ability to get lost in a book. Yeah. But actually, Sally Rooney is such a great writer. I, and the weird thing is, I thought this was going to be a hate read for us. Because from what I had heard of it, mm-hmm. she's a real kind of, now this is me just, being complete throwing around phrases but sorry Sally if you're listening I heard she's a real like guardian feminist like proper so I was thinking this is like I heard from before we read this book that it's like a tale of like 21st century kind of romance and I was kind of like oh god it's like written by this like mad like liberal modern feminist which is like usually what means you're like so I thought it was all going to be about like you know consensually dating or something like just really like not I just, Ew. I just didn't think it was going to be like you know like really getting to the nitty gritty of it I thought it was going to be kind of like superficial or kind of like from had an agenda to kind of portray certain characters to try certain and way. kind of maybe make people consider how to consensually date kind of not consent I mean just in a, how to date under the eye of feminism do you know what I mean yeah, like okay, so there's okay. kind of like I thought there'd be like this like overt kind of uh, like modern feminist rhetoric t- behind it that there would be kind of this whole like the poor woman and the, like the man is this and toxic masculinity and oh, all that okay, kind yeah. of shit like yeah. I thought there was just going to be this like underlying agenda of trying to push a kind of narrative so I was like oh it'll be a great hate read um, but mm-hmm. I actually really liked it it was a great book there's a lot of good stuff uh, within those lines and feminism was not one of the things that no. I took from it which is me I neither delighted for at all um, but also there was yeah I so let's talk about our there's obviously the two main characters, yes. Connell and Marianne. Mm-hmm. So, um, will we discuss the characters first off? Yes. Who we start with, Marianne? That. Yeah. Start with the Gulliel. I love that it weaves in between the two characters. First of all, yeah, I love a book that does that because I love yeah. it when you're getting two perspe- perspectives yeah. on a story. Mm-hmm. Um, so Marianne starts off as this kind of. Do you know what I, I did find one thing with the book? I found it really rushed at the start, and I was like trying to chase my tail a bit at the start it was all of a sudden like they're like and then they're talking and they're fancying each other I was like like there was no I found there wasn't like which I didn't mind but I was kind of expecting like a longer kind of build up like I found it kind of hard to uh, place myself in their actual kind of interactions before this because it kind of starts off and it's like all of a sudden they have this conversation that they're like oh we kind of fancy each other or they had this like immediate kind of connection where his mother was meant to have worked for her family for years and I'm kind of like and they went to school together I was like should this not have happened before but 
either way the book starts off with Marianne. Maybe she was guided for that. Yeah, maybe. As in yeah. like, because if you, it can be a bit frustrating reading a book when oh, you know what's yeah. going to happen and you're like, can we just get to that part? Yeah, I didn't so mind it. Maybe the editor it. kind of just was like, yeah, let's, let's just dive it. into the, because it's not a big book. No, it's not. It's like a very uh, manageable size book, which is nice as well. Yeah, it's not be, overwhelming. Yeah, like, I mean, it can be, like when I brought it to Lindsay's house, like, we were like, yay, it's not 400 pages. I know, it's nice big old lettering. Anyway, <laughs> so, um, Marianne. So yeah, Marianne um, is probably, I'd say, the main character. I think the two of them are kind of main, but I guess the one thing that we found is that like everything from Connell's perspective, which we'll get to, is about her. So I guess like... Yeah, I, th- I feel like we get to know Marianne a lot more. We yeah. understand her um, decisions a bit more. Yeah, so she starts off as kind of the outsider, kind of like a bit of a loser in school. Like mm-hmm. she's kind of thought, saw, seen as, as very different and kind of like... I don't know people like it's like that very much like that uh, secondary school like rumors like they're like she was sent away to some facility and yeah. her dad died kind of mysteriously and her family seem a bit fucked up but they're really rich so it's like she's kind of that like odd one out um that no one really knows kind of it seems like especially in a small town kind of thing they're obviously from Carrick Lee in Mayo so it's like this kind of idea of small Irish village Sally Rooney is herself, wasn't she? She was from, from Mayo as well. I, don't I know think if... so. She's from um, the West, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, yeah. And she went to Trinity. So yeah. she had the same kind of um, map in her life that the book had. So yeah. it's obviously very a personal book for her. And I think her other book too is something like that as well. It's, it's set in Trinity anyway. So she obviously relates to that experience quite much. She's only the same age as us. She's yeah. younger than me. Fuck's sake. Two books under her belt. Brilliant. Fair play. Uh, fair play, hon. I have, a tw- I have a podcast though. Yeah. Self-published. <laughs> <laughs> the competition so uh, Marianne yeah she starts off like that what did, how did you feel about her, that character at the start of the book um I really so there were uh, what I liked about the book that it was kind of teenage and it's kind of the fantasy so yeah. I do think so it started off basically Marianne and Connell are the two main characters Connell's not wealthy his mum works for Marianne's yeah. family and um so there's that kind of differentiation Dynamic. already between them and but Connell is the one who's accepted in school and is quite popular in mm. school has a friend group and Marianne apparently has zero friends yeah I in, like from that part I was kind of like hold on I can't connect to this just because I in school never ever had saw anyone without some form of friend like oh I did I maybe that was just my school yeah. like but I'm talking different years there was no one in my year who had no friends yeah I and you know what I think it was kind of I kind of picked up on that more like from a teenage perspective like she might have had friends but yeah when you're in school they're like she has literally no friends yeah no I did as well then I kind of was like oh okay hold on we're kind of reading this from the teenage romanticist mind yeah 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 yeah. I have no friends like she probably was like you know chatting in and out of school but like she was just you know a bit maybe of a weirder one where Connell was like accepted in the ga and like that normal yeah, the normal kind of community, yeah. which is really valued in school. Like Especially, if you're into yeah, sport yeah, yeah. and that kind of stuff, then you're really ingrained into the community of school and like accepted as a like normal person and it's called normal people. Yeah. So um, she was definitely peculiar and they just kind of hit it off. I feel like Marianne, even in the book, remained a mystery because you don't really understand her family dynamic. Like yeah. really weird things come out about her family and 
it's never concluded or it's alluded to yeah it's kind of like i think it's 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 a really i I guess i kind of didn't really um relate to that as well but i don't know if maybe you're not supposed to relate to it you know that way it's like she's meant to be really rich we don't really find out why she's really rich Mm mm-hmm her dad there's like a lot of abuse in their family or control and the mother is really horrendous and so is her brother and it's really well written those moments of kind of like friction in their house I thought that was really mm-hmm. well done um the moments where and, and you it almost didn't need any more information you just knew that there was some sort of terrible situation there I, I found it interesting that Marianne at the start of the book was very um she was kind of the one who was suffering with mental health issues like there was all this kind of story about her being or alluded to and you don't know whether it's teenage kind of rumours or not that she was like sent away to like a mental health facility or hospital or something or she had a lot more reason to because she was left out she wasn't included and then it kind of that kind of flips towards the end of the book arguably maybe it doesn't but um it was it, it was interesting that yeah like that when she was in secondary school she really didn't fit in but she had this like secret relationship with Connell and that was like I remember when that started to happen I felt oh my like heart was like breaking for Marianne the character of like that she just wanted to be accepted so much that she found this guy who accepted her who isn't the worst guy in the world he was just kind of I don't know riddled with some sort of like teenage anxiety of like oh what will people think you Mm -hmm. know that way um but still like that she was just so willing to go along with it and I I kind of just related to that as like my inner teen of the girl just being like you fancy a guy so much that you're kind of like it's grand that you keep me secret don't worry that's completely fine yeah and I thought that was really well done and I think when people talk about it in like a modern love story thing I feel that that's kind of like I don't know but I would imagine that's kind of more in modern times with like teens being sexually active more so I think than maybe in our parents years like I mean I've talked to my parents about this and they were kind of saying like I think teens are definitely riding more like teens Mm -hmm. have always dated but I think like the like the rush for teens to go from like dating to like having actual sex is probably more uh, apparent in the last like 20 years or so. Mm-hmm. So if we're talking about modern dating, I thought that was interesting from a teen's perspective. I think as well, what was interesting, we talk about a lot um, when we're having conversations about dating and stuff and how you a relationship, how a relationship starts. Yeah. It usually kind of will just mean to go on. Yeah. So like, she was always kind of under Connell's control. Like he was making the rules, it seemed. He and kind, of, kind yeah, of set the tone. Yeah, and it just followed through right up to the end of the book yeah and it seemed sometimes like sometimes you'd be kind of like oh maybe it's shifting maybe you know she's now in control and she likes him more but it was actually like oh no it's me again doing anything and everything for you kind of thing which I think people can relate to because it's so it's just so relatable so common to be in whether it's a fling or a relationship with someone knowing that you like them so much more Mm. and you value the closeness so much of you and the other person. However, it's so isolating to feel like that. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Where I, you feel like it's just unfair because, say, say in this case, like Connell always knew that like she was kind of there for him and he held the cards or whatever. And so then he gets the closeness of being together and also that knowledge that it's in con- his control. Yeah. So he's always going to be like at a higher 
point. Do you yeah, know the way? Yeah. So what did you think of when Marianne moved into kind of college? I thought that was interesting that, you know, uh, and we'll go through different kind of points in the book, but even if we're just talking ca- character wise and like the development of her character from secondary school to college, I thought it was really interesting. Like I, that was when I was like, yay, Marianne. That's the kind of like, common thing as well. With, so what happens common. in school? Like, I mean, I've, I saw a lot of people from my school who would have been like the normal people they don't really move past that and they like a lot of say people from my year who kind of hung around in the big group and the like jockish types yeah Yeah. they now have remained in that group whereas I kind of dipped in and out of groups but when I left for college I really found myself and like I felt like I was finally myself because I could explore all these different things that school didn't offer like I went to art college so I could explore like art and film and music which just wasn't in school like school in Ireland is very much like community driven sports Sports, yeah all that kind of stuff so I didn't I fucking hate sports so I didn't have that so I kind of related to that where Marianne was the weirdo in school this secret that like people seem to kind of be intrigued by her but they just couldn't accept her she wasn't involved in the whole like normalness of say a small town in Maya yeah and then she kind of flourished in college like I mean we're we're introduced to Marianne when she's in college because Connell gets invited to a party they're both in Trinity and he gets invited to a party by a guy in his ear and it ends up being like Marianne's new boyfriend's uh, party and it's like he's the outsider now he's turning up from the outside being the awkward kind of like oh no one likes me and she's literally like kind of described as almost like like this like socialite kind of walking around with like a champagne glass and like her Mm -hmm. boyfriend's this like posh guy who like knows lots about like all this like philosophy and she's hosting and pouring like and she barely even notices Connell and then when she does she's like oh hi like yeah she's in a like and thinking of the last time that we saw them interact yeah. with when he had they had been basically secretly dating yeah. for a good while but then he chose someone else to bring to the Deb so that and they didn't speak and yeah. she went, left school and all of that kind of stuff so it really flipped which was great yeah it flipped from him having the control of like the Debs I'm not going to show you off in that manner to then her being like way up on the pedestal in Trinity and that's when her even things like wealth came into it as in I was like, just gonna say when you're in Trinity and like you're around all these people who you can relate to if you are at a certain wealth point that everyone else is and then Connell's just not able to connect to that and not even connect like I mean that was one thing that I um, uh, related to quite a lot and maybe we'll say that towards the end of just like different parts of the book but I did that what, what I was like ding 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 like Sally Rooney hit the nail on the head with that one of like mm. the kind of wealth aspect and class aspect coming into Trinity and how people relate to each other and even just your ability to do things does come into play in Trinity um, and I really liked how that kind of like gave Connell like a bit of a clip on the chin like he was like Ugh! like I think he saw her like he probably was like oh per Marianne's probably like me you know we're both from the country and he mm. always kind of felt like you know the dubs didn't really connect too much to him because Trinity is like very dub centric you know mm-hmm. south side Dublin at that um so he probably thought like Marianne was like in the same position as him but then all of a sudden he was like oh my god like you know and she this is like Christmas and first year in college so like you're only in college like two months and she's already like has a boyfriend has an apartment doing dadly and I think that was a uh, yeah it, it was interesting like then seeing their power dynamic I found that interesting that she was kind of trying to flex a little bit more 
on the power thing. But then, as you said, it kind of went back to... Well, it always went back to... It always went I back. Think, I think because she always just adored him so much mm. that she would never have let... She probably could have, like, maybe got him a bit more if she had flexed a bit more than she did. Yeah. Where she really brought him into the world. She brought him in. She made him, like, which was, like, so unfair because he just did not do that to her in school. In school, he could have, say, brought her to the depths and been, like, which, again, was concluded by the end where it kind of came, no one would have cared. Yeah. You know, you really liked each other. You had this beautiful relationship, this connection, but you just couldn't share it. Like, Connell just couldn't let her into the world. And she repaid him by completely bringing him into her world yeah. and getting him connections in Trinity, getting him jobs. Yeah. That kind of stuff, which is like, okay, that again shows the power dynamic of and her res- always being kind of in his hands. And kind of the respect level too. Like, not that I, I don't think Connell was a, a bad character in, in that sense, but I think like she kind of, not maybe not respect isn't the right word maybe just like she held him on a pedestal so much higher you know that way than like he kind of ever regarded her like her regard for him was like oh my god he's so amazing and he's a genius and he's so smart and blah blah and he did but privately he like any kind of like really well regarded things you hear him say about Marianne are kind of in his own um mind in the book he's never really talking about her to people she but she talks about him to people saying like oh my god he's so smart yeah. and like obviously getting him the job um and I think what it is also is when you, you know, when you know people from secondary school, there's that weird kind of dynamic does kind of go into your uh, adult life. Like if you do find someone like, like if you kind of fancy someone in secondary school, like sometimes you see them in town. I'm like, oh, they're still like the cool jock guy. Oh, yeah. like you yeah. suddenly get like transported back to that mindset, which is so interesting because that was kind of how, because they knew each other before college, it was like they were never able to have that fresh college start, which Marianne was able to have in college. Like when she went to college, she was able to like, fuck whatever the fuck happened in secondary school. It doesn't matter that I was seen as X, Y, and Z. I'm mm-hmm. now able to go in here into this new world with all these new friends and kind of curate, she kind of curated a new personality for herself. She was kind of like this arty girl who was wearing like berets and, yeah, you know. This whimsical, mysterious character. Talking about politics and Israel and all this kind of shit. But, because they knew each other from beforehand, they were never kind of able to have that charade. It was still, but it was still that power dynamic of like, he was still the jock. She was still the kind of loser-y, kind of lower down than him girl. And yeah. they were never able to shake that kind of, uh, just that interaction. They were never able to like get rid of that or whatever, you know? I don't think you are. Yeah, yeah. like I mean, I'll see a jock guy <laughs> that I was in school with now with his kid in the park, balding maybe a bit more overweight and I'm like oh, I'm still so like hot. Yeah. So hot. <laughs> I'm still kind of randomly intimidated by them sometimes like, yeah, I'm like, oh. I see them and I'm like oh he'd never talk to me don't fancy him don't care but you you still kind of go back to that in your mind of like or if you see like the random bully from your school you're like oh I think it's because that imprint of say a fancy or um you know, just the different kind of standards in school or the different kind of like class in school. Yeah. Stays because you're so hyper sensitive towards a crush, towards yeah. friends. Like when you're in secondary school, I think that's when all your hormones are coming in. You have the most intense fancies. Like we've spoken about this before where like you do not fancy someone in your 
in college the same way you fancied in high school or yeah. in secondary school like I mean I would have died for some guys that oh I my god in yeah I, I would have married them on the spot like. oh I would have married them settled down kids instantly <laughs> yeah. like and same with friends like I was like obsessed with my friends yeah, in secondary school friends can do no wrong yeah like they're my best fucking you know that kind of way like yeah. so like obsessed yeah yeah, yeah so yeah. I think that just doesn't ever go because you'll never feel that imprint of like obsession that you do when the first flood of emotions come in your first bonds and your first kind of ways that how you interacted as a kind of adult really definitely it's totally different than like primary school and then in like we see in the book in college you can kind of like act a bit more like I did that as well when I went into NCAD I was like dyed my hair you know you can, side cut because you can first time you can actually explore because most yeah. Irish schools you can't dye your hair wear makeup yeah you have uniforms so you're like I can be myself and this is who I am I can, I can choose to choose, be yeah, yeah the kind of character that I want to I can kind of curate myself a bit more and I think that's where you know if we maybe move on to Connell's character now and his kind of journey like that's where he kind of was stunted like mm-hmm. I felt like in in school he was as you said like that normal person where he was you know playing by the rules and like he did and we all know them like he did sports he was meant to be really good at sports his like you know although he was like lower class and his mum was like a younger mum he was still like really well accepted by all the lads and like he had all these friendships that didn't seem like close friendships but they were like that kind of big group dynamic mm-hmm. Which I never really clicked with in school. I was definitely more of a Marianne myself. No, I had a lot of friends. I didn't have no friends. I had loads of friends. But I was never into like, you know, there was always that group in my school which was like 16 of them. And like yeah. f- six of them were couples. And they're all like, they all played hockey. And they all, all the lads played rugby. And yeah. they never... Their s- parents knew each other. Exactly. And they got a bar in for their 18. <laughs> yeah. like, uh. you're like, what the fuck? But like, so he was very much a part of that group where none of his friendships really seemed like... Uh, especially like intimate which is maybe why he and Mar- he found something so special in Marianne because that was kind of really the first instincts of like an intimate relationship both like intellectually and physically but he had loads of friends and it was kind of interesting seeing how like he, although it was celebrated like it didn't really seem to bring him any happiness like there was that girl who fancied him and she was just a bitch like what was her name Rachel at the start at the start that he went to the dabs with yeah it? yeah and mm. she was like what the fuck like yeah and she was just he didn't seem to like her but he ended up and i saw that a lot happening in my school where it's like this guy is like like this girl's a head record the guy clearly doesn't like her but they're like randomly together for all of school it's because like, she was accepted yeah exactly and those groups i was not in those that group either in school it's such a weird dynamic i can't imagine should we get our old jocks on the podcast to be I like know. what was that like because i was like and you hear loads of people saying this i was definitely like a floater okay i had like my hardcore group of gal pals that yeah. like I ate lunch with every day and we would like you know hang out at the weekend yeah. and like go to the parties together like we were like tight knit but I also would have been friends with the jocks friends with that group invited mm. to those parties and stuff like that and then you no, know, I was dotted around because you know I'm um, a kaleidoscopic person <laughs> I was watching Andrew Stone over the weekend and he called himself that I'm like <laughs> that doesn't make sense and I'm going to use it all the time um but I remember when I did kind of I think more like in fourth year that's when I kind of did get in with the jock group okay and I'd be going to the parties and I was like okay this is cool look at me so many friends they're so rich and then it'd be like cool guys okay so Saturday we're all going to um Karen's barbecue in her dad's back garden I was like 
what we hang out literally so often yeah. in this massive group they never like pocketed off into these little like twosomes or foursomes yeah. it was like the whole 27 of us in a house like sometimes it would be guys and girls but there was just so many people and it was so vacuous because you weren't having those connections that that's what I love from a friendship like Me too. my little girl group was like bitching away chatting really knowing each other so well and then I was in that kind of jockey group it was like you always had to have a bit of a facade on a bit of an act yeah and I actually weirdly uh was kind of more I ne- I was never really brought into that kind of jock world in my school I would know my school in fairness it was they weren't really like you're not allowed in it but it was just like I had no interest in getting to know them as well um and because they were very jockey in my temple it's like rugby like you know it's like ruby lads hockey girls I was just yeah. like fuck that and also it was kind of cooler in my temple to be like a smoker yeah <laughs> like rock and roll baby so that's where I thought it was really cool to just take up a casual nicotine addiction but um in in Trinity though I kind of got a, a view into that world a bit more um because I kind of like just by through people kind of became like as you said, like kind of kaleidoscopic around this group, like there was definitely this big group, which um, ironically all went to like, they all went to this group of private schools in Trinity. Uh, It was like Andrews, what's the other one? Muckrus. There's a few, there's a big uh, Alex as well. Mm -hmm. So there's kind of a group of private schools in the South side that like, I guess they all kind of know each other from like Waz and like, being rich in Fox Rock, I guess. I'd say, yeah. You know it's what just I mean? their parents know each exactly. other. And they all know each other and they're all like scoring. So I think they kind of knew each other and then in Trinity they ended up, because I remember in first year Trinity being like, how do all these people have like best friends in first year of college? Like in first year college, I was like, this is the first time I'm around people who I don't know since I'm four. Yeah. Like it's, and they're all from such different backgrounds and all that and that's when I I still then was like I just have no interest in that it just seems so vacuous a lot of it seemed very like okay 27 of us are all going skiing in February I'm like what like this is mental so I thought um that was maybe going back to Connell why he kind of had such a draw to Marianne because I think that that was his first time kind of having a level of intimacy with someone Mm -hmm. um where like the conversations were meaningful and what they were speaking about was meaningful and then obviously they had like an additional kind of like sexual attraction and and I think for Connell the secrecy kind of like amplified the intimacy do you? because I think he couldn't connect say to his friend group that were just so different to that kind of friendship that he had with Marianne so I think that's why he kind of held it so dearly which maybe she took as you know well you're keeping me a secret you don't value me but maybe he valued her more in that manner because I think men love to compartmentalise and Mm -hmm. I think men love having things in certain little buckets and this was his kind of like first exploration to that like he was kind of like I can have Marianne and I'm just going to have her there though and she's not going to and he kind of thought was like okay that's fair enough that then she's not going to cross over into my school world yeah but it was also like riddled in like anxiety and like but then he also like did value her so much that he knew that he was going to like he chose Trinity when it was, yeah. that was a big conversation between them when they were together in school that mm. she was really guiding him towards a certain course in Trinity mm-hmm. she kind of upped his confidence because he was kind of like I could never go to Trinity you know that way and she's yeah. like well why not mm-hmm. why can't you go to Trinity like you're he was always spoken as in the book as like extremely smart as was she so it was kind of like that was where a lot of their connection came from I think that they both had this 
they're both very intelligent. They could connect on an intellectual level or whatever. But then I think, so he obviously knew that it was going to like bleed into his actual life when he's leaving the school Mm. to to go to the college that they're in together in this new city. So it's like, um, and it was really nice to, I like I, what I found beautiful about the book was the constant threading back to your roots. Yeah. To your home, to your home people and that kind of thing. And even though say Marianne didn't have the connections that she made like the same as Connell like she wasn't in the big friend group or that kind of thing she still had her roots threaded back to school and to your hometown and I just really value that um because it is something that I think you can get lost in when you go to college especially like I'd say if you're moving up from the country yeah like a lot of my friends who would be from the country rarely go home and you know you hear that and then they do go home and they're like oh I really missed it you know or they come way? back with a big country accent do you ever meet those people in college where like they're in Dublin and they're like yeah totally and they come back they're like how is love yeah you're like oh <laughs> you went home for the weekend yeah like fucking hell there's the Limerick accent but I think it is something that like in this day and age we don't value as much mm. home and roots and you know friendships that we've had for years and years and that kind of stuff yeah we're kind of always on to the next thing and the bigger thing and the better thing or the cooler friends or the like you know I don't I'm not from there anymore I can't connect yeah. to that town or anything like that or like oh I'm so different than my school friends and you do grow up and be like you know have different experiences so you're inevitably going to be different to people who you've grown up with but yeah. still the roots are there and like I mean I've been hanging around with my homeschool friends the past like month or two and it's like wow you don't forget stuff that you grew up with and it's really mm. nice to have kind of people around you who like just knew your weird stage. Well it kind of grounds you you know yeah. that way like I mean it does give you a level of like even when I w- lived in New York you know that way then when I came back to Ireland there was that really nice comfort of being like oh you've all known me since I was like 19 yeah. like and there's no level of like pretense or not that I was going over there being like pretentious but it's just like nice it's a nice comfort well people can believe the act and we're all every day like you dress up and you're still like curating yourself like we do it on our Instagram we do it in our daily life I do it when I go down to collect Luna from school and I'm like ha you know the way like you're a certain there's always a facade yeah so when you meet people that know you yeah even if they don't like know you so well now they kind of know where you came from they knew what you were like in school they kind of know your journey I think that for me was the standout thing of the book um, and for their relationship that yeah. the roots were there they were always able to go back to each other because there was just this level of like deep understanding like they know each other's background like he doesn't have to kind of you know especially where like so they both had these two kind of like not secrets but like their, their two backgrounds was like that he came from like a very lower class family his ma- his mum was a single mum she had him when she was like 17 I think mm-hmm. and like he you know when you're in Trinity there is that class element. There really is. And I've spoken about it before. Like I was one of the only Northsiders, which, you know, obviously class isn't like completely differentiated by Northside, Southside, especially not anymore. But like when you're completely, the Southsiders in Trinity are all basically went to private school. And there's just not as many private schools in the North Side. You know, that way. It's like pretty much everyone in Trinity that I knew anyway from the South Side in Dublin went to like Andrews, Alex. Like these schools that cost so much money. So that's already a big class thing. Like my parents could never, and I'm from like a reasonably middle class family, but like my parents would never be able to afford to send me to school for like 40 grand a year in secondary school. Mm. You know, that way. So 
in Trinity there is that kind of element and I think that was a part of Connell that I related to I mean obviously he was maybe from a definitely a very different background to myself but I related to his kind of anxiety around like oh I can't go to this party because I can't afford that or turning the overwhelmingness up of, feeling a bit out of place yeah. and feeling like because you are out of place like there's certain aspects of the people that you meet in Trinity you're like I never would should have probably met you like we're from two different polar opposite ends of the world like you know at, at one point he he meets uh Marianne's like third boyfriend in the book I think it is Jamie who's this like horrible like just like the mm-hmm. typical kind of like like fucking stuck up knob you could think of and his dad was meant to be one of the like leading bankers in the financial crisis and he's just a horrible horrible guy and like that kind of interaction like how he just kind of looked at him and just had no just couldn't relate to him I re- I related to that experience a lot now it didn't happen to me all the time but there was plenty of times with me and Trinity where I was just like I can't keep up with it this isn't even keeping up with the Joneses because like the ski trip for me not an option like yeah the, the like being able to take off the entirety of summer and skip around Mykonos not an option I'm working throughout the summer yeah and I thought that that was Connell's kind of little secret and her kind of little secret was like you know her family troubles but that was that kind of coming back and the familiarity of familiarity of the two of them being able to be like we don't have to like explain why like I don't go back to Carrickley that much or we're like I'm working through the summer we just know and that was like a yeah. comfort level for them definitely and I think it tripped up a little bit because it was and I speaking about like your roots and stuff like that because you don't explain you mm. don't have to have the kind of explanation part where you're like oh well you see I can't go on the ski trip because of this we had the miscommunication which was kind of detrimental to their love story so they were in and out of relationship since school and it was kind of secretive but then in college for a while it was a kind of secure we're together they weren't like telling everyone but people knew yeah and they were like being like you know people regarded PDA them as and, like a a twosome, yeah. a couple, and then it was coming to the summer was coming, and um, Marianne was going to be staying in Dublin in, you know, the rented accommodation that she'd basically been given to her from her parents her and granny or something. Wasn't yeah, it? and Connell didn't really know Dublin or how to get a job there. He couldn't afford to like, you know, stay up there and pay the rent and everything like that. And he kind of maybe went over to hope that Marianne would kind of be like, oh, well, you can work and you can stay in mine. But that he didn't want to ask because she kind of he's never asked money for her apart from that one time when he was robbed. So it's kind of like the understanding was there. Yeah. That like she was more wealthy, that she could she was kind of the feeder to him, the bird who was like being able to get like different opportunities that he probably wouldn't have been if he didn't have her as the connection Mm. into that like greater world of richness. and wealth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then it just. He couldn't ask for it So he wanted to be able To stay in hers For the summer And work in Dublin So he wouldn't have to go home And they could continue With their relationship But she It was a miscommunication And he he couldn't ask And she it didn't offer And he left To go back home It was almost a lack Of communication From his Because he kind of Later on in the book Said like I thought you'd Ask me And that was kind of like A she was like, uh, of course you could have stayed. You know what I mean? It's like he didn't ever say like, I need somewhere to stay. He kind of came with her with a conclusion and was like, I'm moving home to Carrickley because I can't afford rent. So I guess when her, she was like, okay. But I think then when he said, I can't afford rent. Yeah. I think that was him kind of being like, mm? 
Yeah, but what I mean is like that's uh, I think that's like a learning lesson of like adulthood, you know, that way where it's like sometimes, you know, what's you don't ask, you don't get. Like she, he kind of presumed that she would be like, oh, well, you can stay here. But he wasn't like, oh, look, I'm in this. You know, it was, it was all about like kind of maturing with your communication levels. Like if he went to her with proper vulnerability and was kind of like, I don't know what to do. I'm going to have to leave my apartment. I can't afford rent. You know, is there any way I could stay here even for a bit? Like he didn't really let her in on that kind of vulnerability level like that side of him where he was like so obviously and I understand why like you would be like oh my god I don't want to ask but like there is I think as well as it's the like their relationship started with him always being holding the cards yeah and I don't think he was able to wanted to give her them yeah I don't think he could give her that so I think he wanted he only wanted to stay if he didn't have to ask basically yeah and that's when it comes in where like the wealth and the class system is so difficult because like she wouldn't understand that getting a free apartment to live in it's so crazy. you can jaunt around Dublin and not have to go home and work in your hometown and go back to living with your mom. She didn't get that. And it was the same when they went away to France, I think it was, in her, her like holiday yeah. home. And it's these kind of opportunities that she opened up to him, which very much helped his future because he was meeting people that he would not have met. He was getting jobs in good places that he would not have met. But so in that way, I think he needed to not have to ask her to stay because he wanted to have the puffed out chest in those situations. Mm. Even when he did come back to hers and go to her when he was robbed that time and he needed money. And like, you know, I remember being in college no way would I have had 50 or 100 euro to hand to my friend oh if they were. Oh my God, no. 50 but, euro was my money for the week. Yeah. I did not have savings to be able to be like, you know, borrowing to friends or whatever. Like I had my little 20 euro for like the three days in college, whatever the hell I had. It was like Well, it was minimal. really seen when she was like, how much money do you want? He was like a tenner. And she had already taken 150 from her drawer from him. Yeah. Like 150 is like... If my friend now was robbed, I'd be like, I'll give you a loan of 150 that'll tide you over for the week. You know, that way, like, that's an adult amount of money to yeah. loan, lend to someone if mm-hmm. something horrendous happens. You know, that way, but it's not a college thing. Like, no. 20 quid would be like, woohoo, like, I'm rich. Yeah. You know, that way. And so. even that interaction between them was, like, quiet in yeah. the room. Like, there were obviously other people watching and they were silent. That exchange was a secret, kind yeah, of. So yeah, yeah, I think yeah. money was definitely a thing, which is difficult to connect to when you're from different backgrounds there's no denying like and it is kind of that thing is like will like when does does it ever disappear selling a little or a lot shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business from the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage shopify is there to help you grow shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout 36 percent better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms because businesses that grow grow with shopify Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. 
If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you do you know that way like that kind of like even if you know someone like I mean because when you think of it in the sense like they went to school together so like they're from there was no difference there they were in like a like kind of egalitarian kind of level there but you know when does the the class thing just always comes up like always it's like a little pimple you know that way it's like there was just always moments even though they, were, they went to the same school they went to the same college you know what I mean on paper it's like yeah. Okay, you both have technically the same opportunities or whatever else, but there was always that kind of uh as you said, like the opportunities that Marianne had that she just completely wouldn't even be aware of because it's just ignorance is bliss and it's not even her fault that she doesn't isn't aware of it. It's just her life, you know, that way like just like there's probably crazy opportunities that you and I are given from day to day that someone from like <laughs> I don't know, Poland wouldn't understand. You know, that way yeah. it's like, it's not your fault that you don't recognize them, but it's so glaringly obvious to the other person so that yeah. it always kind of creates this weird power dynamic between the two of you that like, it's, it did kind of leave the question of within the book is like, can that ever be? I think it can, be, I think it can be um, seen beyond when he gets to a place of earning and because of his intelligence and yeah. his, going to Trinity and the people that he met and stuff like that more opportunities I think if he like obviously the book ended when he was about to move away yeah to do something great for his career so I think it could I think like you know you can be from different backgrounds and it can be eradicated but I think it would have to him be earning because he doesn't want to be the vulnerable person like we see sugar babies Mm. we see sugar daddies because there's a lot of time with money has to be some form of role play. Yeah. Because there is a different power dynamic. But even then, when you think of it, if he went and started earning, they're always going to be coming from a different playing field. They're always like, even if he started earning and he started doing really, really well, she always has that comfort of her family's money behind her. So like, there's always that kind of like, even though he could be like working, 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 working and never taking a day off and making loads of money, like, she kind of just doesn't have to and she's just surrounded by like because even like money isn't even the be all and end all of things I truly think that it's like the it's the opportunity that like freedom of money gives you is the biggest thing like, I think that's why in the book which was like we said alluded to about Marianne's family like it was Marianne's family's money she mm-hmm. didn't earn that money and that relationship was bad yeah. really bad we didn't really understand why or what was actually going on but that relationship was really bad. Mm-hmm. And Connell's relationship with his mum, she was referenced a lot more in the book opposed to like Marianne's mother. Even being a mother figure to Marianne at a lot of times. Yeah. And I think that's the wealth and that's where maybe they're 
like yes Marianne yeah. has the physical money but like Connell has this really lovely relationship mm. and able to go home and have a lovely home and closeness and relationship with his mum that Marianne system. does not have so yeah. and even though Marianne was still so like the worst thing about that toxic relationship with her family is the money because Marianne is completely reliant on that money that's what I found kind of hard to understand because I was like if this relationship is so bad why are her parents or her mom giving her the holiday home for the whole summer or that kind of thing I find that kind of just difficult to I thought that was understand. kind of I actually kind of understood that from I don't know I, I saw it as like there was two kind of elements to their whole relationship in their family dynamic there was like the family money and like all the things you can do with that and then there was like their actual relationship and they kind of like see them as completely separate and almost the fact that her mum was giving her this apartment and giving her all this house to keep her away from the home it was just like fucking do whatever the fuck you want I don't Mm -hmm. care like stay in Dublin I'd prefer you in Dublin than here and it's like there's almost this business transactional element where it's like she clearly is horrible to her daughter like whatever you know we never really got to scratch the surface of their dynamic especially um with her and her mom but and brother uh yeah the brother you kind of not that you got to scratch the surface of but you got you had more interactions with the brother than you did the mum the mum was only had like a few lines of dialogue throughout the whole book she was kind of more referenced to it and through the brother Mm, through the brother exactly and um but i kind of saw it as like the mother could like compartmentalize again the kind of two things where she was like oh well of course I'll give my daughter I'll let her go to Trinity because it was kind of like keeping up with the Joneses thing it's like their public perception of their family was important as in like my daughter's in Trinity I'm letting her have the house I'm letting her have the granny's apartment maybe and, that was the only the only nurturing that the, yeah her family could give even which was knew the, how to do yeah the house the that and then they could always fall back on that as a family like if Marianne was like you treat me so badly they're like really exactly it's a power dynamic again it's Mm -hmm. like well you know and she's kind of like reliant on that kind of horrible toxic relationship as well because I think you know she probably knows that deep down like she wouldn't be able to do all the things that she's doing if she didn't have all this financial support throughout college you know and that was really interesting um so standout points of the book for you um one of the standout points of the book for me that I just had a lot of empathy for was probably when Connell decided to not ask her to the Debs yeah that was hideous so to read. <laughs> it was just oh I just felt so bad for her. so they were like obviously getting along getting along and it had kind of got to this point of like they went to the pre-Debs if I'm aware and remember like all the girl like that horrible thing that guy kind of assaulted her from like yeah the, the older and then Connell was very outwardly went brought the relationship into yeah the public kind of sphere and like protective and brought her into his car and everyone was like oh did you write Marianne yeah he was still kind of like no man no I didn't but like it was obvious that they had this relationship because like there was obviously they had something you know real they were like he was protective over her you know yeah and he was bringing her home in his car they were friendly at least and you kind of are getting this like level of hope in Connell then like that's what I I was like oh my god even though I knew the book was obviously good like it was like well I'm only like 50 pages in yeah. but I was like oh my god maybe he's gonna fucking yay he's gonna like you know make her his girlfriend and then he all of a sudden was like I'm gonna bring this horrible bitch Rachel to the Debs and like didn't tell Marianne and like the way he went about it was so bad but it was so teenager as well and then they ended up going out him and Rachel (sighs) and like he made her official and that kind of thing 
Yeah, that was really hard to swallow, but especially because I in Irish culture as well, the, the dad is so valued. Like I remember Oh, for when an, you're a teenager For an anecdote especially. of Debs Like Because it is It's it's a very It's a status thing The Debs Like getting asked the Debs We've talked about it before mm-hmm. Where you got asked for Debs Last minute when you were in fifth year Especially yeah. the biggest like flex Is being asked oh. to a Debs When you're still in school Like that's a huge thing mm-hmm. um, And I remember I had a boyfriend When I was in fourth year uh, my first fella and we were going out and it was very like teenage like I was literally like ignoring him in the co- corridors you know yeah. texting him like I love you yeah. <laughs> but You're then, basically I was and we were going out and then he asked me to his Debs in like May he was in sixth year at the time and I was like oh my god I'm going to a Debs I was also like inwardly like convulsing because I was like I have to tell my parents that a sixth year is bringing me to the Debs I like hated yeah. that aspect of it but I was like okay grand and then like we kind of like Whatever the fuck happened over summer, like we weren't really talking, but we'd meet up sometimes. And then all of a sudden he went completely cold on me and like didn't talk to me. And then like after two weeks, he was like, uh, so I kind of forgot that I had already asked. And I told him uh, my friends, no. he's like, I've kind of forgot that I'd already asked this other girl in our friend group to the dab. So I'm bringing her. And I was like, kind of forgot. I kind of like you've asked someone else. And then you asked me. And like, and at this point, I think I was, I think we were official. And I'm like, we're going out and you're bringing another girl, another 18 year old. So that's oh, already cooler, no. you know? And I was yeah. just like, and like, that's it's like that public, it's so public or something. Even though it wasn't, no one gave a fuck, but like, it was just so like, oh, I was just mortified. So it just, that, that kind of thing with Connell really brought me back to that where like, she maybe thought that there was this like, element that like they even they might go as friends or they might yeah. go as singles and then like you know hang out at the devs because people do go as singles to the devs all the time yeah mm-hmm. and then it just and she just didn't go to the devs and that was just so sad and it was so humiliating because i think like which we found out later in the book like people kind of knew that there was something going on oh yeah and that was another so they knew that she was then being rejected by him and then on the other hand of that that moment was like kind of hand in hand with that moment where like they're at the Debs. Isn't it that when they're at the Debs and your man Rob says to Connell like, so what was going on with you Marianne all year or something? And, mm-hmm. Ro- and Connell's like, what are you talking about? And he's like, everyone knew you were writing. And he's like, no. And then he was like, oh, I thought everyone would think it was weird. And he's like, no one cared. And it was like, all of a sudden, everything ca- kind of started to come. I think that was... Bucketing down. I think that could have been at the funeral. So that was one of my standout No, points. it wasn't the funeral because it was way earlier. But they did, I think it came back I think it was later. Funeral. I yeah. remember it being at the end because that was the kind of conclusion. You didn't... Anyway. Anyway, yeah, it doesn't matter. Yeah. <laughs> Spinning hairs. Um, that was one of the standout points for yeah. me, um, just in terms of like Irish, what's going on in Ireland right now with men and mental health yeah. and suicide. There was a suicide in the book that yeah. is like not a character you knew. So it was kind of like more so that Marianne and Connell were relating to this suicide together in a way like it was one of Connell's friends and it was the kind of questions that happen after something so tragic and horrendous happens in your life that like and it was so 21st century like you're going onto Facebook Mm. you're seeing your last messages they're going back home for this funeral and Connell is in this relationship with a girl who he really like the interesting thing about Connell was that like he very much valued I think class in that way yeah like, he had a very like outer perspective of who he was and who he should be with definitely and Marianne was a lot more like 
her choice of other partners and stuff were kind of like whatever whoever yeah. she seemed to like at the time she wasn't like particular but Connell when he was with that girl he and when he was speaking about her he was like this is who I should be with she was um clever she was you know pretty accepted normal person and um yeah then he brought her back for the funeral and you know Marianne was there and she looked frail and all these kind of romanticism things that you think when you're a teenager I was when I was reading that I was like oh my god that's so how I wanted to look when I was a teenager do you know the way mm. so he was seeing they're her they're probably in their 20s at this point as yeah. well yeah yeah okay well, like, they're, well, they're, they're kind of college yeah, college young, age youth, yeah you're like, still being so yeah. whimsical and like yeah. oh like I'm an artist and so they went back to this funeral together and Marianne obviously hadn't been in the big group but they still regroup for a funeral especially yeah. in a small town when something like that happens and it was just that he couldn't he then couldn't connect relate, yeah. to this partner that he had because he was so invested in his roots and she was such a she was the biggest relationship that he had ever had bar his mum yeah and it was just overpowering and I think that was a standout moment for me because it was like he just couldn't it was like his pride was unable to accept that this is something that you value and that you just can't you can't put your all into it for some reason yeah because of your own class idea I think your own and class I think that idea. came from school and yeah like not even like financial class also like status yeah like this this you know even if they had like a different say they were both working class or both upper class or whatever it was still this kind of thing as uh he was the accepted person he had all these mates and he felt like he had a certain role to fill in society like that he was like the jock and that he was going to be popular and everyone liked him and he that actually went on throughout the book too he kind of always referenced it when people were like how are you getting on in Dublin and he was like oh like it's just weird in school I was always like this and I'm not like that in Trinity like he was never really able to let go of that kind of teenage school experience and I you know, think that it's way? because he really values being a normal person like yeah. the book is called normal people I think he really just was wanted to just be normal I which, think it wasn't even like the valuing I think it's like as you said I think he wasn't I think he was way more like Marianne than he wanted to be like I think Marianne brought out a side of him that even though he was like this is um he always said that Marianne brought out the things he would always say like he and Marianne connected on this level I remember he had this one kind of aspect where he was talking about Helen his new kind of normal girlfriend Mm -hmm. and Marianne and he was kind of trying to bounce them off each other and it was kind of his way of like deciding who he should be with because he definitely had these feelings for Marianne that he couldn't let go of but he did really like Helen or as he thought he did anyway he loved her or whatever and he was kind of saying like Helen brings out all the all the best aspects of me but it kind of seemed to be his most boring aspects it was like being nice but it's what he valued but that's what i mean yeah. and then i think what he considered what Marianne to bring out of him would be, were the worst aspects of himself because it's what he saw as bad even though they weren't bad it was and it was probably really him because on one hand he said Marianne brought out the worst aspects of him but then he also kept saying Marianne's the only person who truly knows me so it's like he was afraid of letting out this side of himself and he was afraid of showing this side of himself because he valued conformity and he valued not standing out like he was definitely quite as I said like very anxious person and mm-hmm. insecure to a level that never really left him. But he I just feel. really cared what other people thought of him. Yeah, and, and he wanted to be seen as a, just a stand-up guy, you know, into sports, doing well, 
you know, where he should be. Not peculiar, nothing to make a fuss ever, that kind of thing. I feel like he didn't even want to be seen half the time. Like, I feel like he wanted to just, like, fit in and kind of exist. And you can marry that back to, say, big groups. I was just going to say that, You know, like, you can be in this big group in school and, like, just bopping along, but, like, you're not ostracised, say, as, like, Marianne was in school. And I think he definitely really just valued just the, like, straight-laced. And I think... You know, Marianne maybe brought out good parts of him, but she also forced him to kind of look at himself because then when that suicide happened, which was just really important, I think, in the book and just in In as a conversation in general that, you know, how that suicide made him kind of be like, okay, I'm not okay. How do I work through this? I just want to be normal. But here I am having all these horrible thoughts having to go talk to someone I don't even know and like when he was filling out the form say before counselling when it was like do you want to kill yourself like these kind of things that are so outrageous but they're not because they're so common and it was actually you even saw his level of insecurity of how other people perceive him in that that he couldn't even be honest and that obviously it's obviously a really hard thing to be honest in but there was one part where it was like there was some question I don't think it was the kill yourself question it was something about like do you like yourself and he, he was like, so he wanted to tick the most extreme one, which was like, I hate myself. But he was like, oh, I'll tick number three so, to not scare the woman reading it. Like, yeah. he still couldn't be, even though he had like, was doing the right thing and seeking help. And he had finally kind of acknowledged that he was re- severely suffering from depression, which I thought was a really nice touch from Sally Rooney to put that in there. Yeah. Like that kind of level of like what's going on with like the suicide crisis in Ireland, especially uh amongst young men it's the biggest killer of men under 35 in Ireland which is insane mm-hmm. and um, it was nice to first of all see like that kind of uh, storytelling that he actually was going to seek help and that he was kind of putting his his uh, vulnerabilities out there but it was also sad to see like there was still this thing kind of holding him back of like you know that way it was yeah. just so like it just showed the kind of rawness of it I, felt. I think that was really beneficial because if it had been as simple as he'd gone and yeah. he was able to disclose his inner dark thoughts and just you know seek help and it's just Not that there's no answers right now that we don't know what the answer is and yeah. that's so scary and pending but it is the reality that yeah. we need to hear like you're going to the help that say Trinity offered because they were in college when he was going to access this help and you are in control of your own self so you have the paper where you're able to take these things so you know the counsellor gets an insight to where you are and he just couldn't but like that's it we're expecting like the counsellor or whoever is expecting you to be able to do that Mm -hmm. so they can get a greater understanding Mm -hmm. of like your inner thoughts which is just like a mindfuck because no one clearly knows how to help people or yeah. how and people don't really know how to help themselves in this country well people can only um both counselor and patient can only help themselves to a certain extent like mm-hmm. even the counselor said that you know she's like there was also that kind of like moment where i was like biting my fist where she was kind of like okay you're showing suicidal tendencies here you're gonna have to go to a gp to get some medication and she kind of had to put that trust in his hands because she was like i'm a counselor i'm not a doctor yeah i can't prescribe I can help you with your thoughts and I can listen to you and he kind of went like okay yeah and I think I for me as a reader I was kind of going oh my god please go to a doctor to try and get some help you know that way because like when you are at that point of like severe suicidal tendencies mm-hmm. like it would be a lot of the time encouraged to you know seek some sort of medication to at least level out your kind of levels 
of whatever is going on in you because you know they have to have that duty of care to like help you not yeah go down that horrible route that so many people unfortunately are in Ireland especially young men and I think that was the way although it didn't it wasn't stretched out it was a really well written aspect of the book like even his thought process of being like having this kind of guilt over not going home that often also having this guilt of not talking to Rob but then also kind of towards the end of it which is a completely human thing to kind of be like I actually wasn't that close to Rob and there was some things that he did that I didn't really like and then he felt guilty about that when he was talking to his counselor he's saying you know like because there was that scene in the at the devs where he was showing off some naked pictures of a girl to uh, yeah. Connell and he was like, oh, there was aspects of them that I really didn't like. And like the counselor was kind of saying like, that's okay. Like, you know, that way it's not about, you don't have to like highly regard the person to see that situation as extremely sad and unfortunate mm-hmm. and undeserved, you know? So I thought but that I was But I think well that written. also related back to like when Connell was in school and being presented with this like say laddish behavior or whatever you want to call it. He kind of saw himself and he always was looking at himself from like above, yeah. like looking out of himself and seeing like, that's not okay. So he just really longed to be something, but then... His mental health let himself down. Yeah. Like he couldn't keep up with what he wanted to be. You yeah, know, like he yeah, wanted yeah. to be this just this normal person and he couldn't. And that's scary. What did you think of um the which kind of came out towards the last half of the book, I guess, which was like Marianne's submissive sexual kind of life? I found that a little bit forced. Um, I was not I didn't feel comfortable reading that and I didn't enjoy reading it because I just felt it unnecessary. Me too. When I, I was reading it, it I was like obvious almost. Like yeah. this whole like, oh my god, she lived her life with Connell kind of, you know, submissive in the sense that she he he called cards, he wore the pants. Mm-hmm. So then it had to kinda of go towards her being like wanting to be hit and all this I, I just I didn't find and it tied true. up I just didn't find it true to the character like, I didn't find it true to the character especially then when Connell and her got back together for one night and yeah. like she instantly is like oh, hit me and he's like I don't do that and it's like okay that this is to just, me was it felt kind of stupid to be honest reading it yeah especially when she was away um and she was dating a photographer and it got to like I mean weird Swedish was, guy and he was I think like binding her up with ribbons if you're gonna touch upon something as heavy as rape which she was alluding to was she well she like Marianne in that scene was saying no I don't want this take this off not like that kind of thing but she was for me, I would have considered okay. that, like to be like, writing about rape. If, well, if it had followed through. When I was reading that, I was like, oh no, is this where it's going to go? Okay. But because then she kind of, I think somehow he did eventually untie her and that kind of stuff. But well, what she didn't like was that he said he loved her. That was the weird thing about it. That she had that freak out because he tied her up and she was d- posing for pictures being bound. Yeah. And then he said, you know, I love you and you love me too. And that's when she freaked out. She was like, don't say that to me. So it was kind of this like illusion of her not wanting, she wanted it to exist in this kind of fetishized okay. world, not in this like, I love, we love each other kind of thing, which I just also found like her kind of like that she was meant to be this masochist that only wanted men to hate her. I just found it kind of like, I get where she was going with it, but it was kind of an obvious like she had daddy issues. Her daddy used to be bad. Then her brother became abusive. And then she was submissive to Connell. And then, of course, th- throughout her adult life, she was then going to become this, like... And it also kind of painted, like... Dare I say it, kink-shamed? <laughs> no, I know. I, I kind of felt like... Because when I was reading it... And, like, I mean, I definitely would have considered that, like, to be non-consensual from what I remember reading that scene. 
So I was just a bit like, okay, why are we going into that now when it hasn't existed and it didn't even like the book was like sexual yeah in so many ways like even the way Sally Rooney writes everything is very sexual yeah like you know she'll write about pouring a cup of tea and somehow makes it sexual but and in in an innocent way it's very sexual from like a young person's perspective it's just very heightened senses when she writes like she's like like it's not like sexual no she's like like, the thud of the tea bag and the end of the tea and then the first drop of scalding water it's all very like visceral like like, you can imagine the heat of the of the tea when you're when she's drinking it that kind of stuff it's very very peppered throughout the whole book we're not really getting scents or sounds in her writing you get like the touch it's all very kind of erotic for me in that I took from that so then when we're jumping fast forward to like okay he's binding her up he's hitting her she's frail she's this weak person who's under this man's control and she wants this and it's like okay so does every woman who maybe wants to be hidden bed or whatever have to go but that's what I kind of was questioning yeah. when I was reading it. I Me was like too. I was kind of think, is there is uh, what she's alluding to yeah and I didn't like that so much. That was kind of maybe where the kind of feminist in her, dare I say, maybe popped out a little bit. Like I or like, it wasn't very like sex positive in a sense that I just thought it was a bit. I thought it kind of did Marianne dirty because I think that although Marianne was like obviously insecure to some element, and she's actually a very strong character, and I think she a lot of the time knew what she wanted. And I just don't, see, I just didn't see Marianne, like it kind of skipped all of a sudden she was in living in Sweden on Erasmus and she was dating this guy Luca or Lucas or something. And it was all of a sudden like he hated this whole like we play a game where like we start the game and we have sex and the game only ends when he let, lets her shower. And it was just like, it kind of, it came to me from... From a book that where so much of what was written, I thought like what came from personal experience from Sally Rooney of like, be it living in a small town and moving to Trinity or be it, you know, she's the same age ish as Lindsay and I, like growing up with this kind of dynamic of male and females or even just romantic relationships in the modern kind of 21st century. That to me was kind of like, okay, you haven't had any experience in this. It, it was like, it was like a kid writing about an S&M kind of like Fifty Shades of Grey relationship and I was just like it just didn't seem For, it was real. just wasn't it wasn't explorative enough and it was too heavy a subject to just drop in casually in the book in the way I felt it was it was just kind of like oh suddenly we're here in Sweden and she's in this room and this is happening I didn't get a rape now from it at all that was not what I picked up from it but I mean people pick up fucking different things yeah um Regardless, I think it was just unnecessary and it just felt, it just didn't connect with the rest of the book. Like the rest of the book was so wholesome and it just, I didn't follow through. We didn't follow that journey with Marianne. Like, why are you being there? And it was just very much shone a light on she is here because he didn't accept her. Well, I think it was meant to come from the whole Jamie thing. Well, yeah. Which I also... But I think which came from Connell. Like, I think they were saying like, you know... She doesn't feel valued because Connell didn't value her. Yeah. That like maybe not just that, but like we're saying like her abuse at home and that kind of thing. Yeah. And also when you know, 
like we were not sure what was going on with her brother and with that uh, kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. At some points, because it was such a sexual book, you're thinking, is there sexual yeah. abuse going on at home? And is this why she's now in this position? Because she kind of kept saying like, oh, he just comes into my room. And there was that horrible scene where he's like yeah. chasing her through the house and you don't really know what fucking happens. And you think that's again when I was like oh, expecting a rape scene and I don't want to be reading a book thinking, am I on the cusp of a potential rape scene? When And I think that kind of changed that kind of bringing those scenes with which were just quite difficult to read about the binding and the hitting and the like the binding I just found the, the, that whole scene with, like the other stuff although it was obviously a challenging topic I found it true to the character and I found it true to the book and I actually thought it was like a brave what thing stuff? just like the abuse with her brother and like the kind of illusion maybe to some sort of it could have been a sexual thing or it's same with her dad and maybe that's why her mother I don't know you you really are left to guess that but I did find that kind of those scenes of like were really well written um, with her brother as in like I felt scared like I was like oh god like and I was I was turning the page like you're like oh you no, don't want to yeah. you're but on the was, cusp of but it like, was still like true to the book but that scene with Luca or whatever his name was, I was like, what the fuck is this shit? Like, I was like, is this Fifty Shades of Grey? Like, it was just very, yeah. it was written from a perspective without any understanding of, first of all, kind of S&M. But also, like, when she starts to talk about Jamie, like, so back in, when she's going out with that uh, tosser, Jamie, he's she's kind of like, oh, she's talking to Connell about it. And she's like, he likes to, well, first of all, she likes to beat me up, which I thought was kind of an unusual term of phrase for, like, what... I don't know it was just like huh? like I don't I don't see anyone who's kind of engaging in that kind of like sub dom thing wouldn't say beat me up maybe say hit me or I don't know beat me up was just I just found it I remember it jumping out in the page to me a little bit but she says he likes to beat me up and then Connell's going what why and then she's like yeah I don't know it just kind of she was talking about it very confidently like she's not talking about it from a place of shame she wasn't embarrassed yeah she's kind of talking about it in a more sexual explorative way where she's like oh I'm kind of being this submissive and now. then she had asked Connell so she it was clearly something that she was looking for in yeah. the bedroom for whatever reason now we all have but that was after the Luca thing, wasn't it? But the, but what I mean is like when she was talking about with Jamie, she clearly was very like aware of what she was doing. But then all of a sudden, fast forward three months, and she was in this situation with Luca where like she seemed it was like she lost control, even though he was like this like pussy little bitch. She was like he just seemed so annoying, and he was like tying her up with ribbons for a photo shoot, and then she got triggered. I was just like. This it just, just didn't bizarre. make sense and yeah. I just think it was too great of a subject to talk so loosely and vaguely and to like bring in quite late in the book that we're not getting any form of conclusion about it. it just bit, I just found it a bit clickbaity in terms of like yeah. you're trying to sauce up the book here a bit but you don't need to sauce up a book. You that didn't is, need to sauce up that at all. Like I think it would have been as interesting if she just had some sort of like she was trying to get with Luca and it wasn't working out. You know what I mean? Like I mean it kind of just pushed it felt like I was pulled away from Marianne as a true yeah. character she seemed then. kind of fetishized or fake or she was like being this kind of wispy she kind like. of seemed like someone who I would have longed to be as <laughs> a kind of teenager or in secondary school like when they spoke about constantly about how frail she was getting how she wasn't eating how yeah. she was coming home you know little neckerchief she was like in these like all her sexual exploits were like being spoken about in college and like then she was quite like you know this sexual person and she was so adventurous and different and I just couldn't connect to her because it's not true we don't understand why are you not eating or you know that kind of Mm. what is going on with your sexual um, fantasies or is it a fantasy or is this a self-harm thing yeah 
we just got no conclusion and I just did think it romanticised something like in the same book where we're getting like a real eye um, eye into like say the mental health with you know the male suicide him going for the help on the opposite side we're kind of romanticising the idea of women's mental health women's bodies that he like even the way that like when Connell would see her after a few months he'd always seem to be mentioning about her weight and that kind of stuff and then like being worried about her which I just think totally romanticized the idea of hitting abuse um weight loss you know that kind of stuff for me and mm. I just didn't connect with that in any form of like being why am I reading this what is it giving to me when it's in the same book we're getting like kind of an actual connection yeah an actual like understanding of what is going on in Ireland as a, like a map of or as a, like imprint of like Ireland today whereas like yeah. Ireland today for me I think she was maybe trying to I don't know talk about like how women are sexualizing themselves maybe or like how we are sexualized through mm. the male gaze because that was a that was brought up a couple of times say with Jamie like that he'd been telling everyone about their sexual exploits and like the guy who had killed himself was like the one who was showing these pictures yeah. so I don't know if it had some kind of tangly kind of actual greater point but it just didn't resonate with me and it just kind of left a bad taste in my mouth yeah me too I to just I just found it not true to the character and that's what pisses me off in a book when I'm reading something and I'm like that character like especially because it happens 75% through the book so yeah we, exactly we get to know you know character. you're not going to get concluded we, and we also know Marianne like we know her and then it's all of a sudden this thing where they're just meant to accept that then also isn't concluded and I was just kind of like this is so out of character for this character but also like not to the point where you're like oh my god was she doing this I was just like she would never do this fucking shit no it was too it was just too false yeah just, so that would be it wasn't realistic and especially like then I think it really ruined it when like they had sex again which you were dying for them to have sex again and then again. she was like hit me and he's like, like I don't do that and she's like well I don't want it it's like hold on they have had sex since their teens they're now in like you know they've had countless sex like I mean if anything what I know about like right well I didn't it's like you don't marry a different type of if you have no. sex with one guy and it's a certain type of way and then you go back to a guy that you've had sex with for years you're not like ride me like that other guy no. rode in fucking Sweden you know the way yeah and I, I guess she was I felt like Rooney was trying to kind of make this like map of like Mariana changed or like that she had kind of her relationship with men had got to this terrible point where she wasn't able to connect with Connell on this level anymore. Yeah. But also that again, I was like, that's going against everything you've set up in the book. And then everything you've set up in the book is that they always have this home with each other. Yeah. And that, you know, why would it go like, why would it change between all the other boyfriends with this fucking random photographer <laughs> tosser who seemed just Which like I think also like, I mean, character. what would have been a, a way more like believable, um, kind of conclusion in that saying that like when they made had sex again yeah would have been like that maybe it just was a bit like of a quick 30 second ride or he a came bit of a and they just had sex again and they didn't feel as close because yeah. like you know lots of times that does happen yeah you're like have sex and you don't feel like really connected to the person even though you know them really well or whatever like, we've all had that kind of moment of like you do have a guy that like you've you know had like long term on and off riding with and you know it's always been great it's always been great but then there is that maybe because they do mention it where like Connell's like he's been dying for this and they haven't like been intimate with each other and like haven't had, been naked with each other in like two or three years yeah and then all of a sudden it would have been way more interesting for the sex to be kind of like oh like not that, that they had to have grown out with each other because she wants to be strangled and hit but more they've grown out with each other because Maybe it just It's just not it's, there It's its course And we're um, trying to understand Their relationship Throughout the book People are, people had a big thing About the ending I liked the ending Personally I thought the ending I liked the ending I was 
satisfied I thought the ending loads of people were like oh, I can't believe it and blah blah and I was like I actually thought the ending was really true to their character and it was true to their their individual stories as in like it was once again like people so one of them pulling the cord or like this kind of weird miscommunication as well was still I, I found like miscommunication was a huge kind of um like thread throughout the whole story yeah. of, of how they you know uh interacted with each other and this has come up where he's getting this mfa offer in new york and they they both kind of have this pride thing as well where it's like she's like why didn't you tell me and he's like oh i think that was um interesting because it kind of spoke to me in that like they throughout the book like they are the homing bird they are like they are the closest relationship but then it kind of was like oh maybe they're growing out of it a little bit because yeah. that, at the end of the book they had gotten back together they were in this proper relationship for the kind of first time they yeah. seemed settled they were like living together she was going to Christmas uh, having Christmas at his and that kind of stuff so yeah. they were very much like a normal people relationship Yeah. and then it came up that he was going away to or that he'd applied he, for yeah. whatever in New York and that he told another girl that he was getting close to yeah. and it was kind of like oh maybe we're like growing this and we aren't going to be as close forever we're not always going to have this yeah, home just because we had that for so many years doesn't mean it's going to exist forever mm. and you know he had found another relationship that he was saying that he didn't like her or whatever but like I think he was almost just, being too defensive that's what I got from yeah him. totally it's like when you say to a like, guy I don't even like her at all yeah but like, he was like and he was like even if I was t- taught of all the people I know she'd be at the bottom of people I'd yeah, like it's like it was okay too dramatic. the lady doth protest too and much and especially like. how does that make sense when you're telling when you're confiding yeah. in this girl something that you didn't confide in me who apparently is your everything and, and what I found interesting about that interaction too which was kind of a conclusion of their relationship was obviously we remember way back in the, in the book that uh, Marianne convinced Connell to apply for Trinity and that was their little secret and then it came out yeah. that last thing that mm-hmm. she this girl what was her name Sally or something like that I can't remember she wasn't really brought in yeah it's some weird fucking name and she had basically had this private conversation with Connell she was publishing his work and she convinced him yeah to apply for New York so it was kind of like Marianne was like okay that was kind of my role in our relationship yeah like they always had this they always had this intellectual connection and they always had this you know uh chemistry of they always talk about these big things and all of a sudden he was getting that from someone else yeah and it was kind of like oh okay and then it was that just typical story of if you love someone let them go yeah and she let him go and i thought it was i actually thought it was kind of a perfect ending because i would have hated it if they just ended up happily ever after like that would have just totally been ridiculous. and you're left to wonder and you're left to kind of make your own conclusion kind and of. i think for me there wasn't even like ooh, i will need a book too or anything no, i think no, for no. me it was like okay the conclusion is that they'll definitely always have each other in their life at yeah. some point and it will f- change and flip like it can go from them being together or them not seeing each other for months or them going through a big email thing or them not talking and having other relationships. But I think that's just what stayed with me was the kind of roots to your home and that you'll never, you can move, you can go wherever, you can not talk to your home friends for ages, but it won't ever go. Yeah. And that was what I just thought, the Irishism yeah the Irishness of that was yeah. so special but I did love I mean obviously we have to go now in a sec because we have to go collect loony yeah. but um, the, I, I love that apparently this book has um, resonated with people all over the world it's a huge book it's been top of all these fucking lists it's being made into a show a series yeah, um, TV show which there's is an amazing. Irish actor and an English Marianne 
my friend controversial. and Eva was casting for it. So it's like they're, I think it's been recording for a while now. Yeah. So it will be out soon, which will be so interesting. Don't you see Connell? Be right. Oh, be right. Yeah. So girls, I uh, hope you enjoyed this. Um, if you haven't read Normal People, there's so much in that book that we haven't even touched on. You yeah. could, if this episode interests you, we recommend you go out and get the book. It's an amazing book. Uh, and we want to keep doing these maybe once every month or two months, like do a little book club kind of thing. Yeah. Um, so let us know any other books that you've read that have been amazing or that you would like us to review or ones that you've heard of slide into our dms write it wherever you want um we're dying to do because it was such a, a good habit for you and i as well to get totally, into totally yeah it was so books. nice like i really did find myself like making a cup of tea mm. sitting down Mindful. and having a moment totally and just like actually getting lost in a book i read it all day yesterday because i'd finished the goddamn thing because <laughs> my friend was here for a week and i was in like evan's gaff he was just like sitting there and i was like i'm reading my fucking book <laughs> I know it's a beautiful thing to do. It is. We saw a man on Wednesday sitting alone in a restaurant in Dunleary, flicking through Sally Rooney normal people Literally. with a bottle of wine. I was like, okay, I am doing that. The yes. next book club, I'm going out Jen, with my book. It reminded me of Carrie Bradshaw. And I, I sat there with my uh, no no book, book, no no friends, <laughs> just me and a glass of red wine. And I always watched that episode and be like, are you not so bored? I know, just like because like. I hate I actually am so bored on my phone now when oh, I'm on too. the bus so like I loved having the book oh. for journeys on the bus or train wherever I was yeah. going and like the kids could be on my phone <laughs> and I actually had which was really handy side note I have the Kindle app on my phone so if I forgot my book I could just read it on my phone because I was trying to get through because yeah. like so you can keep up so, with the pages interesting now so, I had bought the my mum had actually bought the Kindle book on my Kindle before but it's very handy I do recommend the Kindle girlies if you're especially you know hashtag save the planet maybe I'm most fucking sustainable even though it's from Amazon oh god we're all fucked okay okay wow tinfoil hats twinkle crinkle okay really so we'll talk to you next week bye Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.